جمال الوجود بذكر الاله وتصفو الحياه بنور هدى السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته dear listeners i hope you're doing well inshallah today for many Westerners, the religion of Islam remains a mystery. For example, in the United States, Muslims make up a percentage of 1.1% of the population, which is about 3.45 million people. The survey was taken back in 2017. And while Muslim Americans live in every state, the most sizable communities are clustered in certain places, like New Jersey and Washington. And since many Americans don't know any Muslims personally, they're likely to get all their information about Islam from the news and social media. And this extends not just to people in, in America, in North America, throughout the world. They may, might not know any Muslims personally. So where do they turn to? And this tends to be the problem. They, they look at the news headlines, they look at the social media, and they only get the negative side of Islam. And they might think that Islam is a religion of terrorism. We hear about militant groups like Al-Qaeda, ISIS, committing acts of atrocity in the name of Allah. And the moments before the 9-11 attacks, when the planes hit the building of the World Trade Centers, they proclaimed the words, Allahu Akbar, God is great. So it's fair enough that people that don't know Muslims are confused and they may think Islam is about terrorism because they just, these headlines, people just screaming things out in Arabic, Allahu Akbar, before they kill a bunch of people. It's confusing. And the media doesn't help the fact that all they show is the negative side. But Islam, like Christianity and Judaism, is at its core a religion of peace and tolerance. Like every religion, the acts of a few don't necessarily reflect the beliefs and the behavior of the majority. Allah, to Muslims, is the same as God, who spoke to Moses and sent Jesus to the world. He's the same God, the same God. Muslims call him Allah, Christians call him God. It's the same being. Muslims are found all over the globe in Asia, Africa, Europe, as well as in the Middle East and the Americas. They're everywhere. However, it's, they are concentrated in certain areas, so therefore there'll be people on this planet today who have never met a Muslim in real life. And therefore they have these burning questions that they can't get an answer from, and then they turn to the wrong sources. So in this podcast, I wanted to answer some questions, some commonly thought of questions that people may have, um, whether even if they are practicing Muslims, they might have heard of these questions before but never researched them. And I just thought it would be very beneficial to myself and yourselves listening if we just went through them. Uh, and inshallah, we can, we can help, first of all, educate ourselves and then be able to educate those around us, our colleagues, our friends, our family. Islam is the second largest religious tradition in the world. So no doubt, no doubt, at some point in your life, you will be the person that will be explaining your religion to somebody else, 
someone will be asking you about their religion. And I think it would be beneficial for ourselves and our religion as a whole if that we can answer some of these basic questions, inshallah. So we have some 10 common questions here and I will go through them one by one, inshallah, answering them. And we will then be able to answer them in a, in a more fuller way, inshallah. Number one, who was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Without Muhammad, there would be no Islam. Orphaned at a young age, Muhammad was a successful merchant before receiving the startling angelic revelation that would make him the first and last prophet of the Muslim world. Muhammad was born in 570 common era in the Arabian town of Mecca. Already a popular pilgrimage site, the people of Mecca belonged to tribes and many worshipped many different gods and idols, although there were also some Christians and Jewish settlements there as well. Muhammad's father died shortly before his birth, and his mother passed away when he was six. Muhammad was raised by other family members and trained as a merchant. At the age of 25 years old, he was he married a wealthy widow named Khadija, who had hired him to do some trade for her. Together they had four daughters and two sons who died in infancy. At the age of 40, Muhammad was meditating in a cave near Mecca when he was visited by the angel Gabriel, who commanded him to read, re recite, Iqra, in the name of your Lord. This saying would become part of the Quran. Muhammad fled the cave in awe and fear and ran to tell Khadija. She believed and comforted him and took him to her cousin, a learned Christian, who confirmed that the angel's visitation qualified him as a prophet. Muhammad continued to receive revelation from God, but didn't go public with them for three years. This worried him greatly about how his community would perceive him. When he did go public, his preaching that there is only one God angered the idol worshippers and the, the tribes in Mecca, who at that time had been following the belief that there were many gods and idols that they were worshipping. And this stirred up the first tensions between Muhammad's early followers and the leaders of those tribes. Muhammad and his followers eventually fled Medina. Um, which is in North Africa, for refuge in the year 622. But only after Muhammad experienced what's known as his night's journey, according to one version of the story, Muhammad was transported from Mecca to Jerusalem by the angel Gabriel on a mythical winged creature where he met with the prophet Ibrahim, Moses, Jesus, and briefly ascended to the heaven to land at the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Dome of the Rock in Jerusalem is believed to be the site of the night journey. Muhammad was both a spiritual preacher and a political and military leader. After several battles and broken treaties with the tribes of Mecca, he eventually returned to Mecca triumphant and secured the town as a Muslim stronghold before his death 
from an unknown illness at the age of 60. This was in the year 632 in the common era that we live in in now. 632 in the common era. Within the religious tradition of Islam, Muhammad is a spiritual giant and a miracle worker on par with other prophets such as Jesus and Moses. The Quran is a collection of every revelation that Muhammad received from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Examples and stories from Muhammad's life form the basis of what we call the Sunnah, which is a tradition, this is a collection of traditional, social, legal customs in the Islamic community. This, along with the Quran, is the source for most of the laws governing Muslim life. These are the 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 guidelines in Islam, are, are, the foundation of them are formed from the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu Outside the Muslim religious tradition, Muhammad was for centuries dismissed as a power-hungry leader who invented the revelations recorded in the Quran. Considering the global spread of Islam, most religious scholars place him among the most influential religious and cultural figures in human history. Number two, how does Islam differ from Judaism or Christianity? The major belief of Islam have much in common with the two major monotheistic religions, Judaism and Christianity. There are some key differences which we will look at now. The greatest beliefs in Islam are similar to those in Judaism and Christianity, and that is that they believe that there is only one true God. This is called monotheism. In Arabic, the name for God is Allah, and Muslims believe that he is the very same God who was revealed in his teachings to previous prophets, like Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and amongst the others. But that is his final revelation was to the Prophet Allah, as described in the Quran, is compassionate and merciful, among his many other attributes. As for the Holy Scriptures, Muslims believe that God had previously sent down divine revelations to Abraham, Moses, David, and Jesus, but they don't believe that the revelation exists in the original form today. While Muslims believe that Jesus was a prophet and was born miraculously of a Virgin Mary, they don't believe in his divinity as the Son of God. This is a huge key difference. The core beliefs of Islam are contained in what are known as the six articles of faith. These are, number one, belief that Allah is the one and only God. Number two, belief in angels. Number three, belief in the prophets, 25 of which are mentioned in the Quran, including Adam, Noah, Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Ishmael, Moses, David, and Jesus. Number four, belief in the holy books revealed to the prophets mentioned above. Number five, belief in the day of judgment. Number six, believe in the predestination that Allah knows all that will happen. As we'll discuss next, the faith and practice of Islam is also guided by the five pillars. Several of these core teachings have strong parallels to Judaism and Christianity, like the injunction to give to charity. 
this is a very, very key aspect of the religion that is also shared in Judaism and Christianity to provide to the poor. Islam and Judaism also share the practice and the ritual of circumcision of baby boys, refraining from eating pork and certain burial customs. These two religions are very close in these aspects. But as we'll see in the next article, what makes them different as well. Number three, how do Muslims practice their faith? Muslims around the world live out their religion according to five pillars of Islam, some of which concern daily spiritual practices like the prayer and others that aspire to once-in-a-lifetime experiences like the pilgrimage to Mecca. The first pillar of Islam is a testimony of faith, the Shahada. This two-part testimony is required for the entry into the broader Muslim community. The first part expresses faith in God. There is no God but Allah. And the second part expresses faith in the Prophet Muhammad The second pillar of Islam is the Salat, the ritual prayer. This is one of the faith's most visible and distinguishing practices. Muslims are required to perform ritual prayers five times a day, facing in the direction of Mecca. In the times are then the pre-dawn, the midday, late afternoon, just after sunset and at night. In Arabic, we call these Fajr, Zuhur, Asr, Maghrib, and the Isha, Salah. Ritual prayers involve a set of prescribed movements, standing, kneeling, bowing, reciting uh, of the words of the, the Holy Quran, uh, prayers for the Prophet Muhammad and Ibrahim and personal supplication. Before starting a prayer, Muslims purify themselves through a ritual washing that includes one's face, hands, nose, arms and feet. The third pillar of Islam is the charitable giving. In Arabic it's called zakah, a requirement that all Muslims not living in poverty give a small portion of their wealth annually to support those in need. The fixed amount paid annually to the needy is equal to 2.5% of a personal of a person's excess wealth. And that's key, it's this, their excess wealth. Now there are very many opinions uh, and articles written on this word excess wealth, the excessive wealth that somebody has. Um, but there's 2.5%. I mean, that's a very, very small percentage of what we would give if you were to work out your the amount of money you have left over after paying all your bills, how much money do you have left, and then to pay just 2.5%. Now, that is a very, very small amount. I'm, uh, I'm sure when we, when, if we were to calculate it out, you would almost be embarrassed to give that much in charity. You would probably want to double it yourself just as a, because it's just so small, 2.5% is just a tiny, tiny amount. So uh, Allah has made the, the practice very simple and straightforward for us by pres- prescribing just 2.5% um, of our excess wealth. The fourth pillar of Islam is fasting from sunrise to sunset in the month called Ramadan. This is Psalm, which usually uh, which usually is, is 30 days, 29, 30 days. And these 30 days are, are around the lunar year. The, so we're not, we're not talking about the solar, which is what the, the calendars that we follow as subscribe to. It's the lunar, which means 
it's 10 days shorter every year. Therefore, the month itself is not a fixed month. It's not just like the month of May or June. It moves 10 days. It's 10 days shorter every year. So let's say if it was on the 20th of May one year, the next year is probably going to be about the 10th of May. And then the next year is probably going to be about the 1st of May. And it's just going to keep moving back that way. So it can move around the whole year, and it does, because 15 years ago it was in December, and then 15 years forward it can be in July. So this gives us a great opportunity to experience fasting throughout the whole year um, in all months. So you get some really easy months in the UK here, in December months, um, Maghrib time, sunset time can be about 4pm in the afternoon. So that means the fasting is very short. And then in a few years' time, in 10, 15 years' time, the Ramadan month would, would have moved round six months of the year. So now we're fasting in June and July, where the Maghrib, the breaking of fast, is now in July, June and July, which the sunset is about half past 10, 10 o'clock kind of time. So it's a very long time. Um, so you get the best of, of both and you get to experience the cycle. Um, and the intention of fasting is to learn the self-discipline, to develop more empathy for the poor and the hungry, and to appreciate Allah's gifts and celebrate the revelation of the Quran, which began on the 27th day of the month. And throughout this month, Muslims abstain from essential activities such as smoking and sexual activity um, as well. And that just gives you that strong self-discipline. Many Muslims wake up before dawn to have a meal before the fast begins. That's called suhoor. The daily fast is broken every evening at sunset, which is iftar, followed by the the evening prayer and the dinner. At the end of Ramadan is a community-wide celebration called Eid, Eid, Eid al-Fitr, or the festival of breaking the fast, during which children often receive gifts, money, new clothes, and things like that, and it's a celebration, and this should be after a long month that we have strived, and we have resisted the temptations, and we have fasted, and we have prayed long into the evening, it should be a celebration um, of the coming together of community, and the almost a, a renewal of your, your spiritual energy at the end of this month. The fifth pillar of Islam is to make the religious pilgrimage to Mecca. It's called Hajj. During the first 10 days of the final month of the lunar year. This is prescribed for everyone who is physically and financially able to travel to Mecca at least once in their life. There is no prescription on these people that cannot afford to or due to ill health cannot make the journey. But this should be done at least one, once in a lifetime. The Hajj represents the highest spiritual and communal experience in Islam. Number four, does the Quran have to be read in Arabic? To answer this question, you first need to understand what the Quran is and how it is viewed by most Muslims. So as we mentioned in our brief biography of Muhammad wasallam, the Quran is written as a record of every revelation received by the Prophet Muhammad wasallam from Allah through the angel Gabriel. It's essentially a transcript of a one-sided conversation between Allah and his Prophet. 
and as such, it is viewed by Muslims as the unerring, unchangeable word of God. While some verses, such as those prohibiting alcohol or poor, have been defined and interpreted, there are others that are less clear. Let's compare that to the Old and the New Testaments of the Bible. While the Old Testaments contain some direct quotations from God, such as the recitation of the Ten Commandments in the book, it's also considered by many to be an historic chronicle of, of people, meaning that it is tales that have been put in there by people and it's stories about people of that time. The four Gospels of the New Testament, the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, are likewise presented as a third-person account of Jesus. And while some Orthodox Jews and devout Christians claim that the Bible or the Torah are the inherent words of God, many others believe that they are inspired documents open to interpretation. The Quran was originally written in Arabic, the language spoken by Muhammad and his early followers. Since Muslims believe the Quran to be the direct word of Allah, the holiest and most correct version of the Quran is in Arabic. While the Quran has been translated into hundreds of languages, the original Arabic is still used in prayer and religious services, much like Latin and Hebrew are default languages in many Catholic and Jewish congregations. For non-Arabic speaking Muslims who want a deeper understanding of the Quran, there is no prohibition against reading the scriptures in translation for personal study and for understanding. I hope you're enjoying this first part of the 10 most asked questions to Muslims and it's really allowing us an opportunity to, to reflect on our religion and our knowledge as well in Islam. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jamal al